0: Oh, welcome to House of Decline We've got a real bad episode coming up for you Steven is here Yeah, uh, we're gonna have a bad one Yeah, so it was, it was, last last week's episode was almost kind of insightful mm-hmm. uh, So we thought, you know, we've gotta mix it up with some real shitty episodes
1: Yeah, we're gonna just talk about stupid stuff And have a lot of pauses in between um, yeah. And talk over each other so you no one can understand what we're saying yeah
0: i'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna uh, leave to take a shit in the middle of it it's gonna be a long shit yeah but I'll bring the microphone in the bathroom
1: with me <laughs> oh so, well thats you know. that's kind of good because that would be kind of good you should yeah. maybe make it like <laughs> just outside the bathroom because um, what <laughs> you makes have that echoed effect what makes that that kind of stuff bad is uh that I have to just vamp for however long you're gone mm-hmm and
0: you know, you, you, you start getting into weird stuff when you just monologue endlessly. Yeah, know, I don't, have, any, I don't have anything
1: I don't have anything to talk about other than which you, you may not be able to tell, but I have one whole extra computer next to me right now. Yes. I've doubled up on my desk. Now I have two computers on my desktop. <laughs> two computers. You're a living desk-box. god. Yes.
0: Why two computers? Uh, Not just, like, not two monitors, two computers.
1: Right, I have two monitors and two computers. One of them is running Linux, and one of them is running Windows, so I can be super nerdy. Yeah. Oh, my God. You've,
0: you've, you've, uh, if 17-year-old you could see you right now, I'd be very happy with this. Yeah.
1: I had a a realization (laughs) on mushrooms when I was, like, maybe, like, I don't know 20 that I was like yeah. like young me would think me right now is really cool um, <laughs> mainly mainly because I was on mushrooms <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. funny uh, yeah.
0: well yeah when you're on mushrooms your first thought is Linux man Ubuntu you know mm-hmm. I can
1: set up my own uh, uh, software or whatever what's good about Linux um it's not windows and it's not mac that's about it yeah. and I mean, it has a whole ethos behind it that's like software should be free and um by free they mean free speech not like yeah. the cost yeah that's, that's why all
0: of uh that's why uh, that's why uh, stormfront is on a linux server boom okay roast it
1: Every, every (laughs) website is on a Linux server.
2: Yeah.
0: It'd be be funny if it was, it'd be funny if Linus Torvalds specifically, well, you know, eventually Windows will start, you know, policing free speech and where will our precious Nazis go?
2: (laughs)
1: How would we protect Sweden's precious Nazis? Yeah, I think, unfortunately, Linux would be the go-to for our extremists. Um, But Mm -hmm. luckily, there's various types of Linux, and some are more tailored towards those who want to be, like, and not, like, you know, hackers. And there Mm -hmm. are some that are not. So it's been corporatized. (laughs) Like, the whole Linux community has been corporatized. It didn't used to be, but now it has been, so...
0: That's no. funny. It's once again another example. Uh, I think you said the magic word, Stephen. The commodification of dissent. I didn't uh, say the, it, but ding, ding, ding. That's on our ding, bingo ding, card. Ding, 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 ding. It's yeah. It's a wonderful. It's a wonderful example of the commodification of dissent. Everything will start out, especially with the internet, that should happen so rapidly. That's what's very funny in all those uh, Adam Curtis documentaries. You see all these ex-hippies being like, the internet, man, it's going to change everything. It's, we're going to be able to live as ourselves. You know, it's not going to be neuromancer at all, you know? And
1: then it's, oh, it's neuromancer. <laughs> oh, shit, it's neuromancer.
0: Ah, shit,
2: it's, it's neuromancer. There were, uh,
1: people are injecting themselves with stuff and it's changing their bodies. We get, we did a neuromancer. <laughs> Uh, we let the tech go too far. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, all neuromancers.
0: <laughs> the serial is all neuromancers, as opposed to just uh, the one neuromancer. Because <laughs> usually you get, you know, you, you get some nice visions of the future embedded within the serial. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll get a Star Trek, but no. And, and, you know, you'll get the little neuromancer berries because they add a little spice oh this is a, a
1: breakfast cereal not like this is a... a
0: breakfast this is a futurist breakfast cereal oh. where most of it is you know cardboardy star trek cereals i but thought... then you get like the little neuromancer marshmallows
1: i thought maybe the little cereal. little crunch berries i thought maybe cereal was like a canadian word for tv series Oh, well, we got a lot of good serials up here. Yeah, now. we, we watch our a, Did you see the
0: Degrassi serials?
1: I, oh, yeah. Degrassi. I started watching Degrassi, The Next Generation. How
0: is Degrassi,
1: The it's, Next Generation? As I said to you in our text group chat, our group chat of you and me, it is <laughs> it is a fantastic show. Um, every week, a different issue affects the children of Degrassi. The In the very first episode, the main character... ...as an attempted molestation.
0: (laughs) The very first episode. The
1: very first episode. uh, She goes to a hotel room because some guy tricked her online and said that he was actually her age, but he wasn't. So it's a lesson Mm -hmm. in not trusting people online and a lesson in having a good password because Mm -hmm. her her friends hack her email because she picked an easy password, and they find out what happened, and they go rescue her. Yeah. that's
0: See, that's that's pretty prescient because if you're watching from the first season, that aired in, like, 2005 or two thousand one or something. 2001. 2001. Yeah. So, you know, like, internet pedophile catfishing was just, like, it, it was just a gleam in the eye of Chris Hansen back then, you know? Yeah. So uh, maybe you'll find... In watching Degrassi, you'll find more keys to this blighted future and reality of ours.
1: Degrassi is fantastic. I um, hope to continue watching all of it. There are like six different TV, like um, standalone series that make up the Degrassi universe. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's, you know, I think, fair to say it's canadian's greatest export export i can't speak canada's greatest export. Mm-hmm. pork well,
0: the thing about the thing about degrassi is that uh, no matter what the kids go through you know they have good government programs so they'll be safe yeah except for the indigenous
1: ones they're out on their own yeah we sh- they didn't do degrassi forced schooling
0: the grassy residential schools? (laughs)
1: Oh, no. No, Stephen. That's the next one they should do.
0: Yeah, that's where they're. That's the real. That's the real teen struggle. Yeah, that's a is fucking the, issue. The grassy residential schools.
1: I bet that's, oh, an, no, that's a hot Steven, issue. What? That's, what?
0: That's like. That's real tab. See, you don't know what you said, but that's like a crazy taboo thing for Canada that you just said.
1: You yeah. Know? Yeah. Because you guys. Because <laughs> you guys have sent all the native. Native Canadian. What do you call them? You can't even call them native Canadians, do we you? Call,
0: we call it. Um, <laughs> I believe it's um, indigenous peoples is sort of less, the more or less agreed upon term. Well, I almost slipped uh, up First and called Nations them Native Americans. used to be... Uh, no, they're definitely not called Native Americans because... Uh,
1: well, the continent is called America, dude, so kind of they are.
0: <laughs> I mean, ideally, you call them from whatever tribe they're from, like Cree or, uh, you know, Haudenosaunee or something.
1: Okay, yeah, you're right. Uh, um, but still, you guys did a bad one. It's on you. Uh, time to make a show about it. Yeah. You, you know, that's how you work through these things. You make a show about yeah. it. Um, we
0: do it. We, we perform. Yeah. The Hamlet method. You know, Hamlet, his uncle, killed a story about a boy's relationship with his uncle. Uh, uh, he needed to perform his feelings out. Do a play about it. You know, when life gets you down... When politics gets you down, you do a play about it. Use the theater.
1: Well, so Degrassi residential schooling as an idea is not that far off from a a trailer for a show that you alerted me to, The United States of Al. Yeah, beautiful,
0: Uh, beautiful show. Which is a uh, real show
1: that is laundering the past, much like our hypothetical Degrassi (laughs) would be. Uh, Why don't you Uh, speak about The United States of Al?
0: Uh, The United States of Al is uh, Chuck Lorre who is famous for doing Big Bang Theory and Two and a Half Men and also writing the Ninja Turtles theme song Uh, so he he basically has his finger on the pulse of America right you Mm -hmm. know his sitcoms in an era of dying network television his sitcoms produce you know like unseen unheard of numbers for some reason people love his stuff chuck Laurie, this visionary sitcom producer and so his newest sitcom is called the united states of al and the premise is a uh, is a soldier that served in afghanistan uh is welcoming his interpreter al who, who is a pashtun soldier that served with him in the war in afghanistan Uh, He welcomes him into his family and Al through his customs, you know, his wacky customs ends up bringing the family closer together, you know, and uh, the, the, the family cast is replete with wonderful TV character actors, including Dean Norris from Breaking Bad, who plays the soldier's father. Uh, and at one point, Al goes in to kiss him on both cheeks, as per the custom of these Pashto people. Wacky, you know, they're wacky customs. They're wacky customs. Uh, and Dean Norris has a not gay moment where he's like, "What's this? I don't know what's going on." Well, I'm, a I'm not a, I'm a homo, not- but I guess. Uh-huh. Oh we're whatever cultures, you know. And um, so uh, it's it's it has to be seen to be believed. It's I can't tell if it's very tone deaf or if Chuck Lorre has done it again and this will be one of the most popular sitcoms of all time because like I'm not the audience this sitcom is made for. It's made it's airing on CBS. It's made for, you know, the geritol crowd. That's who mm-hmm. it's being specifically aimed at.
1: Yeah, it's like it's I think shares producers with Big Bang Theory. Um, mm-hmm. So it's got a very flippant attitude. It's like, guess who's <laughs> coming to stay? It's Al, the interpreter from the mm-hmm. never
0: ending war. Um, the, the actor who plays Al is not Afghani. He's not Ooh. Pashto. He's what? A, he's an Indian guy. Well, he's, he's of Indian extraction. He's from South Africa initially.
1: Huh, okay. Well, what are you going to do? and
0: i i don't know if people will have a problem with that i don't think people will have a problem because once again that's the audience for this is people that won't really care about that
1: well you remember when roseanne attempted to come back
0: yeah but she, it was successful for a bit but then she screwed herself by saying valerie
1: jarrett looked like uh, one of the planet of the apes oh my god well hopefully someone from this show will fuck up too <laughs> <laughs> i
0: mean we already have we're just not famous
1: no not not us the mm-hmm. show the united states of al
0: oh, yeah okay, we're yeah.
1: We, we you and me are hopelessly screwed
0: yeah yeah wait, <laughs> yeah if anyone discovers this oh my god yeah oh my god if we anyone a, bothers to go through the hours of footage
1: yeah we have a contractual of,
0: suicide uh, audio, clause
2: if, if that happens <laughs>
0: Yeah, a literal poison <laughs> pill clause. We we both sent each other poison pills at the start of this podcast yeah. so that uh, if anyone ever discovers what we've said here, we can both honorably kill ourselves. Yeah. Uh, with with drugs, the most honorable way to kill yourself. Um, another fun fact about this United States of Owl show, another executive producer on it is Reza Aslan, uh, a famous religion hustler, <laughs> Reza Aslan.
2: The mystical lion from Narnia?
0: To, Uh, No, he's not. He's not the wonderful, gentle Catholic lion from Narnia. It's not
1: short for resurrected ass land.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're right. He's the goddamn fucking lion. He's the lion. That's Uh, the lion from Narnia. He's the C.S. Lewis Santa Claus lion. He's the Jesus lion. Um, In many ways, he is the Jesus lion because whenever um, they need... Whenever CNN needs a talking head to be like, uh, here's Re- here's a guy to tell you why you shouldn't hate Muslims as much, they get Reza Aslan, who's like all religions are special and nice, and I should know because I study all of them. And but it's it's in a, this very sort of uh, you know feckless neolib, you know capitalist language, so it's not it's not, it it doesn't really address. Mm. The real problems between religions, which are ideological, yes, but uh, the, the, I, I would say material.
1: I found a uh, an opinion of a, a tweet of a human rights lawyer about the show, The United States of Val,
2: okay.
1: which I'll read. His name is Qasim Rashid, who mm-hmm. tweeted, this is so ridiculous and offensive. I don't have the words to express just how terribly bad this is on every conceivable level.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it it does seem it does seem legend I hope this the the, the poor taste of this show will resonate beyond its good intentions cuz it does seem good intentioned it does seem like the idea of the show is like okay a lot of middle Americans hate Muslims what the hell can we do in order to get a uh, uh in order to get Johnny Peoria to start liking uh, my friend, uh, uh, Hakim. Well,
1: know. okay, so maybe the TV people think that the reason why g- the gay marriage passed in 2008 was because of their work with shows like Queer Eye and Ellen Glee. and yeah. Glee and all these shows. Well... And so do they I, have a point? I mean... I The thing is, I... I I don't know if gay people will
0: crucify me for saying this, but I do think Glee absolutely has a shit ton to do with the rapid acceptance of gay rights in, like, the five-year span from like uh, 2005 to 2010 Mm. when it's just the the narrative totally shifted before when like gay subjects had been taboo now like they were openly discussed but in in much the same way that we're in a fervor about trans issues now from like 2005 to 2010 there was all this like like from will and grace you people realize that because gayness is sort of lurid and because it's also sort of we can we can have this populist message to it because it's campaigning for someone's individual rights. You know, there became this big cultural obsession with this this shallow version of gay culture, which has since bloomed into this weird, culturally hegemonic, deep version of gay culture with, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race and stuff like that. RuPaul's Drag Race, you know, which uh is is very weird and capitalized in its own right, but, you know, it's very authentically gay compared to something
1: like Will & Grace, which is very network gay. (laughs) A nice thing for me about RuPaul's Drag Race is if you call... You you might call it gay, but to me, when I watch that show, I don't feel anything sexual about it. (laughs) Well... You don't. Maybe. I don't know. No, but I mean, I, I that's, that is that is to me, mean, I don't, I, I, you can tell when there are like something is meant to be sexual. That's a show that's more about a competition and like mm-hmm. ingenuity and creativity and less about promoting any kind of, like it's not selling itself with sex appeal, I don't think. I mean, no. You can well, tell when a show is doing that, even if you're not of that orientation, I think.
0: I mean, the point of drag is it is selling on sex appeal, but it's sort of like this distanced meta-appreciation of sex appeal. It's like the question of, okay, what makes something sexy in our cultural imagination? And then attempting to reproduce it in sort of like mm. a creative or ridiculous way. You know, it's, it's why so many drag queens idolize Jessica Rabbit, because it's like this ridiculous version of femininity this ridiculous version of sexiness which in its extreme sexiness sort of loops over to being uh like you said this more of this artistic expression of it it even though plenty of people jack off to jessica it could
1: be that i just don't get that aspect of it so i'll i'll totally allow that but one i can turn it in a pot more positive ways that even if you don't appreciate any of that uh, aspect, you can still like the show because it's because it's a good show, and RuPaul's yeah. a really good entertainer, and like.
0: But I, I think for straight people, for 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 I don't think you'll get a lot out of it sexually. But also, you know, a big part of it is seeing all the boys when they're in, d- getting out of their drag and they're showing all their boy looks, and we're seeing who's the real trade, and you know, you get to see who's a real hot guy, you know, uh, like Pearl. Pearl's very hot in boy mode. Uh, rock'em soccer as a very cute boy, you know, so they, I, would, I would say there is, for, for gay men, a lot of sex appeal
1: in RuPaul's Drag Race. Well, just like but, you I know, watch not, football, it's not, just, it's not. just for the competition mm-hmm. and not for the glistening muscly dudes. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> but yeah, my general point was that Glee, <laughs> even though it was this bolderized, weird network gay thing still definitely had an effect on the mainstream perception of gay people. You know, characters like Kurt, as much as I hate them, probably did have a net positive effect on allowing people to see gays as, you know, human. And especially Kurt, who's so cute and disarming, is like, oh, that could be my cute little gay son. I don't want to hurt him, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe the United States of Al will uh, be positive. I don't. I
0: don't think it can't. I don't think you can get away with that sort of well-intentioned stereotyping anymore. I. I, I think that's. I maybe you can. M- maybe just because by virtue of its intended audience being uh, very old people, uh, it can get away with that. Is but, he um, the only? Brown person on the whole show because looks like it yeah it looks like
1: because <laughs> they should uh, they should show more of like his family and what it's like in afghanistan like this part of the fucking show should be like I'm like afghanistan's being bombed right now so i'm living here yeah
0: yeah i mean they're not going to show that in the trailer the, the the trailer shows the show to be very very sappy uh so and the other thing about the the cruelty of making him a translator is very famously, all of the Afghani translators were left out in the fucking dust. like all of them applied for amnesty. After the uh, uh, well, the war hasn't even ended yet. I mean, I guess it has, but it that's hasn't why really. they can't
1: get in because the war is not yeah. over.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, they, the, tons of uh, yeah, Afghan translators applied for amnesty in America and just were left out in the fucking dust because um, we didn't care about them. We used them in order to uh, basically just get a, get a real get a, get a line on real cheap opium. <laughs> That's what mm. the Afghanistan where I'm. I'm just gonna start believing was not even for this greater sense of cultural revenge against Al Qaeda. It was all just to get cheap opium. Yeah. It was all for the Sackler family. It was the Sacklers say, "Hey, this 9/11 thing. Think you can get all the cheap poppies there?
1: Got a lot of fucking poppies there that we can use for our fucking opium." Um, it's great. Uh mm-hmm. Is that really where the Sacklers got there? Or- no i
0: have no idea but you know the idea that it's all related and you see patterns in everything yeah. i'm just
1: i'm just garrisoning it, garrisoning it no i you know i Does think it garrisoning was more about just like empire building mm-hmm. i mean i don't think there was a motive to get the opium that's a yeah, little, we can I mean, we that, can synthesize it. That
0: was a side effect. Though, we can yeah. buy it cheaply. <laughs> we, can,
1: we can buy it cheaply from China. It's, we don't we don't have to go secure our source of poppies. This is not the 19th yeah. century.
0: I obviously, um, I mean, where Iraq was absolutely more, uh, more nakedly motivated by resource consolidation. Afghanistan, I guess you know, Afghanistan is very useful geographically. Like Russians tried to conquer it for that mm-hmm. reason yeah so it's hard it is the doorway to, to a lot of other yeah you know. right.
1: yeah you gotta i don't you can't i mean basically what we would need to do is populate it with our mountain people uh the appalachians <laughs> 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 which i mean that's who funny. makes up most of the army anyway so
0: yeah exactly just get, um... Uh, oh, we got along with them. Culture.
1: They know how to make yeah. moonshine. It turns <laughs> out that
0: the banjo is very structurally similar to an Afghani instrument called the khachamad. So <laughs> <laughs> we we got off on, 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 on Pashto bluegrass. That was a thing that we invented together.
1: <laughs> this show is uh, so messed up. That little gay fellow I was talking about, he's coming to live with us. <laughs> So, do you want to talk about how the character is pre- presenting as effeminate? Is that? Yeah, well, the character is queer
0: coded, you know, cuz a lot of the the character it's not it's not queer coded, but he's presented as um shorter and less muscular than his American soldier counterpart because, you know, a lot of these Afghani translators were probably big fucking chads but they can't have a big fucking oh, no. chad overshadow the white chad you know
1: that's then so, that would have been so much realer to life would it be like just kind of a guy like you or me and then a big muscular Afghani yeah, dude gentle Afghani chad yeah <laughs> that is much more true to uh, reality yeah. based on diet and lived experience like the soldier coming back will have mm-hmm eaten his fill of Popeye's chicken sandwiches and, <laughs> and other assorted fast food items that we mm-hmm. have. That's the reason we are having freedom is for that. Yeah. Yes. As but we know, um, As we know, as we all know. Yeah.
0: If, if not queer coded, the character definitely is the, the happy-go-lucky stereotype, not unlike Balky, the happy-go-lucky immigrant like Balky from Perfect Strangers. <laughs> uh, that would be the trope is Balky, from Perfect Strangers, but this time Pashto, and uh, <laughs> and uh, sort of also within the trailer is the uh, thread of the uh, the trope of the magical Negro, uh, in movies like Bagger Vance, uh, where Will Smith plays a godlike uh, spirit designed to help Matt Damon with his golf game, through. <laughs> Through uh Eastern Wisdom. Mm. Uh, Banger Fans is a crazy movie. Mm -hmm. I should watch that again.
2: Yes. When
0: I think about the man, man, that's a crazy (laughs) thing. Um and uh, you know, or Morgan Freeman literally as God in uh Bruce Almighty, uh where that character they're they're a black character who is, you know, wise beyond their years. And they only serve to help the white protagonist with their problems by using their special black guy magic. And we're getting another version of this character with this magical Pashto here, who is helping this family, you know, get over their white sins by, you know, <laughs> by, by being this uh, 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 disruptive but earnest figure.
1: And, and we so. can tell all that just from the trailer. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, the trailer, it's like it's uh, it really it does seem to speak volumes. I I would like to see if like in the pilot, they address the idea. They they bring up the idea that a lot of translators were left in the dust. And this guy's like a special exception. I wonder, like, how sappy or how real they're going to get, because this trailer makes it look like very propagandistic. And they're just going to gloss over all that stuff. But it would be weird if, like, they do end up addressing it, and it does end up, uh, for lack of a better word, uh, woke. And, like, people misjudge it based on this very hasty trailer. I think the odds of that happening are slim to none, but it'd be funny. Well, if, has like, there Chuck ever Rory been a,
1: up- a comedy-to-drama transition like that?
0: Um, MASH, yeah,
1: MASH did is Mash the ultimate. Did MASH do yeah. that? That's hilarious.
0: Mash was av- that's there. It's a joke in Futurama, like where the robot switches from, uh, from irreverent to maudlin. He's got a switch that goes from irreverent to maudlin. He says, uh, "This ain't a war. This isn't a war. It's a murder. This isn't a war. It's a moita." Huh? You know, So, uh, that that has been a dynamic, that is definitely a thing. Uh, where you can, it was more of a thing in the '70s too. That was actually like a lot of like. Uh, All in the Family had some crazy episodes where it's like, um, there's one episode of All in the Family where, uh, Carol O'Connor, who's, uh, what's the character's name? Uh, Archie Bunker, who's a famed bigot. He, he meets a black guy that he ends up respecting, uh, and he be a black politician that he ends up respecting, and then the black politician gets assassinated in a car bomb. Um... Yeah, and the the black politi- yeah, the black politician gets assassinated in a car bomb. And uh then it's it's a pretty fucking bleak ending. So yeah, there were a lot of those like a lot more of those serious issue mixing things in sitcoms in the seventies. Um and it even continued into like other Norman Lear programs like in the eighties like Maud and Good Times. Like there that actually happened a lot where they would switch from like heavy issues to like uh irreverent comedy. So but I don't think they're trying to bring that type of Norman Lear-style storytelling back. I think from the looks of it and from, like, the general tenor of Chuck Lorre sitcoms, it's not going to be a brutally honest portrayal of, you know, the lives of of soldiers. So I, I don't think we can expect that from the United States of L.
2: <laughs>
0: but here's hoping yeah. it has the effect of... Uh, Here's hoping maybe it does get the geritol crowd uh, on the side of the Muslims. Ger- geritol?
1: What is this geritol. word? What
0: is this word? It's a it's some sort of medication associated with old people. It's like an anagram of Jared Leto. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's when you're uh, it's when you want to say Damital but Geritol. Oh, like Jared from Subway. Jared, Ger- Geritol. <laughs> It's yeah, it's it's uh, if old people when you get older, you have a chance of turning into Jared from Subway. It's like a horrible disease where you just turn into Jared from Subway and start molesting kids. Uh, so you have to take your Jared all. What a gross guy. <laughs> 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 oh, Jared. What a funny character.
1: Just an indictment of our of our system of, yeah. an, of an indictment of meritocracy.
0: This fucking fat ass got thin by eating fast food, you stupid little pigs. You could do the same by eating our dumb fast food. Oh, he's a pedophile. Yeah,
1: and they just enabled him <laughs> That's to... That's America, baby. They just enabled him to go around the country committing crimes. <laughs> the Subway Corporation is is, is complicit. Um, there is something about...
0: There's something inherently related to... The consolidation of social power and child trafficking. Uh, I, I told Whoa. you before I was We just gonna, went to...
1: It became a serious QAnon podcast.
0: We're going to serious QAnon podcast. But no, I, I'm not suggesting any conspiracy... I mean, we are, everyone knows about Epstein, and we know that all these leaders, you know, have something weird to do with Epstein. Uh, but... Uh, Frucking... Uh, yeah, so I was talking to you earlier about the Pitcairn Islands, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yep, That's a, we,
0: we've brought this up on the show before, right? Uh,
1: yeah, I maybe a, a deep, deeper, but in the mists of the early pandemic, uh, the Pitcairn yeah. Islands were mentioned—a an island full of pedophiles.
0: <laughs> yeah, island of paid island of pedos, beautiful island, uh, <laughs> island of pedos. No, it's very bad. But it, so the Pitcairn Islands is. Uh, uh, I encourage everyone to look up the Pitcairn Islands child sex abuse scandal because uh, it's fascinating. All of these leaders on this isolated island, um, they got together in, like, like something like 30% of the island's male population because it was, like, an island of 60 people. Four, so yeah, like
1: 50 people, I think. Yeah.
0: Seven of these men, like, in high administrative positions had molested all of the children on the island, essentially. Um, And it was only discovered after I think it was like Australian courts or Fijian courts got involved
1: with administering some. It was uh, like
0: prosecution. It's
1: kind of like Wicker Man, like one police officer went and lived there and things were really weird and he couldn't (laughs) figure out what was going on. He said it took him three months to finally figure out what was going on. And that's like the plot of Wicker Man. Um, Yeah, except he doesn't get burned to death. He succeeds at the end. Yes, so thank goodness... <laughs> thank goodness yeah, Christopher Lee is not there to put him in a giant wicker man, which, yeah. I- of course, any normal s- strength human could just break his way or his or her w- way out of. A giant wicker man is not like a steel cage. <laughs> it's like, oh,
0: And if anyone thinks... Trapped in the wicker! Just- <laughs> Just to assuage our audience, none of these people were uh, native Pacific Islanders.
1: They were all white people, so it's okay to hate them. But So what is crazy, though, is that they justified their pedophilia by saying it's like, well, all the Polynesian tribes do it.
0: Did you see that part? No. That was their legal
1: justification. They were like, we landed here in 1790 when we did a mutiny, and it's the mutiny from Mutiny on the Bounty. They, so yeah. the, the people from Mutiny on the Bounty landed on the Pitcairn Islands, most likely uh, met, messed with the natives there, and then um, began molesting everyone like 20 years after that. And then, being, and then when they get caught 200 years later, it's like 200 years of unbroken molestation. <laughs> it's insane.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it pales in comparison to the Catholic Church, heyo. Okay. But still, you know, very, uh, very sinister indeed. I, mean, think, I don't, think about I, being born onto this island and what you're just doomed as a baby to experience.
1: Well, there was entire generations. There was like four or five generations that that were uh, that were had to live through it. hmm So it's, yeah, it's, they um, they they wanted to lock up the whole island yeah basically but they couldn't because if they did that then the whole community would have collapsed so they they had to like let some of the men out to 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 row either not row but pilot the boats that would connect the island to the outside world yeah
0: (laughs) all all of our captains are pedos what do we do?
1: It's a real problem. Oh, what man. happens if like it? Could, it's a fascinating legal case, and then the implications of it, and like the quest for justice is just always so compromised. By but
0: the- like that's it's it's a perfect microcosm for you know the ability to consolidate power, and the true expression of that power in doing the most unspeakable thing. You know, you can't prosecute Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton drives the fucking boats,
1: right? Yeah. You know,
0: he, he, he's he's beyond it.
1: Yeah. You know? I keep trying to tell that to my dad, who's really still believing that they're gonna they're gonna go after Trump for <laughs> for something. Uh, and yeah, Trump drives the boats too. And I, as I predicted, Cyrus Vance is resigning.
2: <laughs> and I was like, Dad, I told you so. And he was like, Ah
1: <laughs> Yeah. They don't prosecute yeah, these former people... presidents.
0: Yeah. The system the system only works when the people who are truly in power want you to think it works. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm just conspiracy brained yeah I'm just too concerned I'm full I'm full Q now uh well (laughs) fucking I don't I don't think
1: it that power tends to corrupt people directly towards child sex abuse um no but it's the child sex
0: abusers seek power in order to be above reproach yeah I think is the thing that's that's what Robert Caro said about power is that power doesn't corrupt power reveals
1: wow Uh, yeah. Wow. And he's, so he's a, my dad. Loves that guy. Yeah. That's the LBJ biographer.
0: Yeah, and also uh, the power broker, the the yeah. influential Robert Moses. The who he single uh, Robert Caro uh, turned public opinion on Robert Moses right around. Before that, there had just only been uncritical praise of the guy, essentially, and uh, his deft ability as a researcher. Uh, I mean I haven't read The Power Broker. I've read I've read the history around it. Uh information around it,
1: but I haven't actually read the book itself. Uh, and synopses of the book. It's all about New York and how there was freeways and then there was buildings and then there was no more buildings, and there was more freeways. There was basically a nice a nice short
0: fat guy, LaGuardia, and a tall, evil skinny guy named Moses. <laughs> and it uh, <laughs> represents the soul of New York between the nice Italian and the bad Jew. Oh, no. <laughs> I just want to eat spaghetti and live in a community.
1: No. What are you doing to I... me? No,
0: no, 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 no. I, I love Jews. I love Jews. I am a Jew. Please don't come for me, Keir Starmer. Please don't, please don't make me exit the labor party, Keir Starmer. I don't want to exit. I don't want to be kicked out,
1: here. Oh, uh, no. Well, uh England. I, I we're talking about England.
0: Are we talking about England? I was just referencing uh, here. I covering. don't
1: know. I don't think there's any news going on in England other than they're having some anti-lockdown protests apparently. Mm. Mm. Uh, uh
0: Nikki okay. Ashton, uh okay. the NDP's uh Ronan the lost, the wayward daughter of the NDP had a nice talk with Jeremy Corbyn recently on how they're both fucking losers.
1: I don't know who. <laughs> I don't know what your Canadian stuff is all about. With the, I still can't keep it straight. The NDP is the good one. The, no, they're not good. They're just uh, supposed to be the
0: left wing one, even though they're just center left. And who's the See? other left wing one? Uh, So we have three parties, ostensibly the liberals, who are currently in power and who will probably be in power for the next foreseeable future. Is that what their party
1: is called? Is that what Trudeau's party is called? Yeah, they're called
0: the Liberal Party of Canada.
1: Yeah. Okay. So that's the Normie
0: uh, Biden one. That is the, yeah, precisely the Normie Biden Uh one. And then the conservatives who are the right wings are, the the current leader is Aaron O'Toole and he looks like a little marshmallow man (laughs) and he is supremely uncharismatic. Uh, The headlines actually this week, it's funny you mentioned that because at the Conservative Party of Canada National Congress, they decided to uh, not add climate change is real to their party platform. They decided to keep it up. Well, who really, who can say for sure? is the conservatives party's uh, mm. official position now oh, wow. and so people are mocking them for being anti-science uh even though you know of course conservatives have a stake in saying climate change isn't real because they have a big stake in the oil industry and the oil wants to minimize it's the damage it does to the environment so yeah you know why would you
1: expect them to say climate change is real what is in it for them so the way the way it's going to work out is that the, the Democrats are going to ally themselves with one particular corporate brand of anti-fossil uh, fuel, quote unquote, um, better energy source, be it wind or solar, that will also be damaging to the environment, and it's just going to yeah. be like a, like a battle between two corporate sides, like some kind, like yeah. some kind of uh, weird. Like, Nazi civil war. Like, imagine if the Nazis had a civil war.
0: Yeah. (sighs) Well, I think we've talked about this before. uh, Or we made, like, what if corporations were just giant robots? They were just Gundams? Like, a corporation? Mm. Like, it was just one building, and everyone worked in the big Gundam building? And, you know, that's how it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, Corporations will literally fight each other for dominance. And
1: then, like, the, the environment will just be... Destroyed because they're they're in their battle for for dominance. They're just going to destroy everything around them. Yeah,
0: you know, in Dragon Ball, uh, when they would go off to have a huge fight in like a, this massive desert landscape that doesn't exist anywhere on Earth. Yeah, how do they like fly around like that? I never understood that. They they concentrate their key in their asshole and oh. blast their
1: key out of their asshole <laughs> okay. to fly. Oh. Okay, how do they slow uh, down though? Because if they're blasting it out of their asshole, then that you have to have good key control. Yeah, but like, do you turn? Did they? Would they flip around at the last moment and start blasting in the other direction to slow down? Uh, no, I believe it's about uh,
0: lessening the stream of air, for the lessening the stream of key, I should say, from the asshole. Then you'd need uh, to do
1: a calculation in your head and know the exact distance from the beginning.
0: It, it, they, they have in, in the same way that a baseball player doesn't need to do math in order to triangulate the position of a baseball, these karate fighters are operating at such a high level. These Z fighters are operating at such a high level that they can control their asshole key
1: in order to uh, fly with precision. <laughs> okay. Okay, you got me there. With that baseball yeah. thing, man, I, I can't argue with that. Baseball <laughs> players certainly can't do math. <laughs> Whoa!
0: <laughs> shading, shading the baseball players, but yeah, the uh, the Pitcairn Islands, the uh, general pedophilia, the general pedophilia that's to be found amongst uh, uh, people in positions of power, uh, the Catholic Church we referenced before, but uh, I, I think the Marquis de Sade probably had something to say about this. But with all the all the people in solo. All the people in 120 Days of Sodom. You got like a judge. You got a priest. You got like a, a candlestick maker. You got like yeah. a, a guy that runs the local pickle market in Brooklyn. You know he's out there fucking kids and
1: you know shitting into kids' mouths and shit. Um, there's I don't I don't know. There are like the four main characters of that book where they're all like one is just more disgusting than the other, and they all have their weird little <laughs> horrifying things that they like to do. You know how 120 Days in Sodom ends? Uh, I did not make it very far into the book, so I do not know how it ends. The aristocrats. Oh, (laughs) oh no. (laughs) But in a
0: way, yeah, it is kind of like a big aristocrats joke because, you know, the aristocrats come to the villa. They shit on the children. They wallow in the feces. You know, they, they do all the horrible things. And it's the aristocrats in the end. Yeah, you know but, that's what Epstein is.
1: Epstein is a big aristocrats joke, really. Whoa, dude! I it's your mind is moving on like a frequency that is just <laughs> <laughs> just like whoa. <laughs> oh man, did we
0: cover? Did we cover? This is old news, but did we cover on the show Obama? Um, Obama's leaked comments about Pete Buttigieg. I don't think so. Oh man, I'm so. <laughs> so so some some. Um, I don't I don't think it was audio, but something leaked showing that Obama weighed in uh, with mm. the DNC about the potential for various candidates uh, to run, uh, and on Pete Buttigieg, Obama was negative, and he was quote, "I don't like Pete Buttigieg. He's short." He's gay. What? <laughs> he's not good. Well, yeah, he's he said he was gay, but you know, Obama was saying he was gay in the real politics sense. He said he like he doesn't think he can win because he's short and he's gay, which won't play in Peoria, you know. But I like the idea of Obama saying he's, he's a loser. Short, he's gay. Damn. <laughs> so it's very much Obama, go on Come Town. Yeah. I don't like that guy. He's gay. Holy shit.
1: Well, um, <laughs>
0: I guess you, you uh, don't have good odds. And he's not hot gay either. Like he's not manly gay like Matt Bomer. He's weasel gay. Like uh, Roy Cohn, the real Roy little Roy Cohn rat. I don't like him. Short. He's gay. Yeah. <laughs> Are you you looked it up? You confirmed
1: it? I mean, it's it's a it's just one book is claiming that he said that. I'm sure he'll, he'll deny it, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The hill. no
0: it'd be great if he doubles in his next audio book like flutes from my father you know he'll say uh, he'll say no I meant every word I said about that little Pete Buttigieg rep.' <laughs> fucking gay <laughs> oh. You know, it would be funny if like Obama wasn't even aware that Pete Buttigieg was homosexual he was just saying gay in the pejorative oh, no. sense I <laughs> like him <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking gay fucking gay Oh, you're saying he's, he likes to fuck guys? I don't care. He's fucking gay.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. John one.
0: Podesta likes to do that, and he's a fucking
1: man. Buttigieg, gay. Yeah, you get you get oh, one beer into Obama, and he really lets loose. Yeah, he really lets his homophobic Obama. Just one beer, Obama's um, hates short people. It'd be funnier to me if he's like he's. He's just too short. <laughs> Cause goddamn short. Moreover, it's fucking short. Yeah, I think he might. He would do better focusing on the short part. Okay, this is 2021. We can. <laughs> he's short. He's got a little dick. <laughs> Don't like him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that should. Um, that would be great. I should. I should run for office, and my campaign platform is that my opponent has a smaller dick than I do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well that may be true, but my opponent has a smaller dick than me. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> You're running against a woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh
1: boy. Oh, and everyone boy. is
0: like, By definition, he's right. What are we gonna do?
1: Um yeah, that wouldn't work in this town, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> in Ann Arbor? No, it's a bit liberal here. It's a, bit... a bit,
0: bit liberal.
1: Yes. Oh, I like to go on next door and see what the neighbors have to say about politics. Uh, it's always fun. Uh, what
0: are your wackadoo neighbors saying oh, right you know, now?
1: They're very afraid of Putin, but um, they're gonna, they could learn to be afraid of of Xi instead.
0: <laughs> Last time I was in Ann Arbor, um, it was so funny. Because Ann Arbor is Ann Arbor is weird where there is like a politically activated community there because it is a college town. Yeah. Um and while biking into the center of town, uh I saw a one man anti Israel protest and then a one man counter protest yep. to that protest. Yep. <laughs>
1: those guys those guys have had articles written about them and they're suing each other.
0: Oh my god, that's an actual thing? Yeah. They're like
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's like a Dr. Seuss thing.
2: Yeah, one well, the speech
0: guy, did not like the Israel one, speech.
1: One of the guy, the guy that kind of started it, would protest outside of the synagogue, um, saying that Israel was killing Palestinian babies. And then after the synagogue shooting that took place, like somewhere else, the people got really uncomfortable with that and mm-hmm. wanted the police to make him stop. And the police were like we can't he's protesting and it became a whole fucking lawsuit thing (laughs) like it's it's gone out of control now and there have had been some articles in the papers about him so yeah that those guys do that
0: (laughs) that's a pretty impressive feature of ann arbor if you go there look for the one man israel -Israel, pro-israel anti-israel protest counter-protest it's quite a thing
1: yeah Uh, what if
0: they're just locked in that protest forever you know not unlike they just live forever out of spite until you know one state eventually collapses
1: well i like to think is that what it will do is it'll actually like become their their two estates like after they die their two estates will still have a conflict (laughs) and then the conflict will kind of grow and perhaps those estates will do well and the children will like really build big families and then those families will like have a conflict and like yeah and then, and then as the years go by and the centuries go by like those families like start two nations and then those nations have like a war right
0: <laughs> but then they, have, then they have a daughter and a son and then they meet up but then they kill themselves
1: Yeah, and you know. it's
0: gonna be a Zionist anti-Zionist Romeo and Juliet you know um, we met on the green line Actually, there's already something like that. It, it was a movie. It's called West Bank
1: Story. It's pretty funny, actually. Coming this fall, a new show on NBC. Your Palestinian and Israeli roommates.
0: <laughs> the The odd couple. We're rebooting the odd couple, except that it's an Israeli and a Palestinian. Can they learn dun, to dun, get along? Avi. <laughs> <laughs> Avi, you know I call the laundry room the Golan Heights. Did you set Did you set up all your stuff in here? <laughs> no. <laughs> they draw a line down the center of the apartment and Avi
1: keeps pushing it. <laughs> Is Avi the Israeli one? Avi's the Israeli one, oh, yeah. Okay, and I guess Mo, Mohammed. Yeah, he, Avi and Mo. Avi and Mo. <laughs> Mo gets really uh, mad at Avi because he keeps saying that he invented falafel
2: he <laughs> didn't yeah, invent falafel falafel was
1: there when you got here <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man um yeah it writes itself get chuck Lorre on that one oh, okay. i'm sure chuck Lorre has probably has very uh, progressive views on israel as a billionaire jewish guy as a billionaire boomer jew actually i don't know maybe chuck Lorre does have progressive views on israel maybe i'm pigeonholing him
1: well, what's a progressive view on Israel? To, like, raise the taxes on them? To, to incentivize them to not do apartheid?
0: Uh, I think a progressive view on Israel is just forcing them to
1: give up all the land south of Beersheba. Okay, that's not a progressive would not say that. <laughs> that a radical would say that. Okay, yeah, but that I consider that to be progressive. <laughs> okay, a progressive would be in favor of, like, raising the income tax on the Israelis and then having them provide social services to the Palestinians. <laughs> yeah, well, you know,
0: you have to get Israel to— I mean, a progressive. I, a progressive would be to, like, stop giving as much military aid or to, you know, threaten to take away military aid to Israel if they continue to, you know— shoot Palestinian kids in the face, which we have the power to do. You know, I, I think the the thing with BDS, the problem with BDS is that once again, it, it's an issue of individual consumer choice, like in the same way that plastic straws like like paper straws are an ineffectual individual consumer choice based thing. Uh, like penny anti-solution to global warming, like individual consumer consumer BDS, like not buying a soda, soda stream, you know, that's not really going to do anything. That's not really going to affect it, you know, in the same way that the U.S. Uh, withdrawing uh, its extensive military aid or threatening to withdraw its extensive military aid to Israel would do. So, you know, that's why ultimately I think BDS... BDS makes sense if you're talking about weapons basically, but for consumer products, I think it's good. And if it makes you feel good, you should do it. And if you like feel like you can't support an Israeli product, you know, I, I, I sympathize with that. But ultimately it doesn't produce, even if like a million people do it at the same time, it will not produce the same structural change as, um, uh, you know, the military aid. The thing that drives his Mm -hmm. wrinkly power, the fucking nukes, the fucking big ass nukes.
1: Well, we don't, they have their, we can't like take away their nukes, those are their nukes. No,
0: we can't take away their nukes, but we have many more nukes, and you know. That's
1: the very tricky thing about nukes, you see, is that once once they have them, well, you can't really take them away. (laughs) Or else they'll nuke (laughs) you. Yeah, they'll nuke you. (laughs) Yes, they're a clever bunch. (laughs)
0: Uh, all right we're gonna take away your nukes all right we're gonna nuke you then oh we hadn't thought of that
1: (laughs) the only the only country that's had their nukes taken away is russia um and that was by ukraine and other countries that had that were in the ussr that um became independent and still had nuclear silos so there are ussr nukes in ukraine and that's part of why Um, putin is like ukraine's kind of mine (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, would like some of those back. You get some of those back. Little more power. Would like little more power. You think Putin... I don't think Putin's a pedo. Putin doesn't strike me as a, as a child molester.
1: Oh, I don't know. He could be. You can't tell. He's fucking weird. He,
0: he strikes me as asexual. He strikes me as just uh, motivated on the single issue of accumulating as much power as possible.
1: I don't know. It's... I have no idea. I can't. I can't get a read on him. Did I did see that he he apparently challenged Biden to a debate. Very funny.
2: <laughs> I'll challenge
0: be... you to debate in English. Not speak English. It'll be fun.
1: <laughs> I mean, they can do um translated. They can do real time <laughs> translation, but yeah, no, but no, but Putin as a challenge to himself debates him in English. Is what I'm saying. Ah uh, no, Putin. He won't <laughs> speak I think in English. I can win. No, he won't speak in English. He can yeah. speak English, but he won't speak publicly in English. He's only, It's rare, very rare. He's done it yeah. only a couple of times. Um, yeah, it gives away your power. Yeah, no, he shouldn't. I mean, the, but the problem, I always get hung up on who's translating Putin because, like, as a former Russian student who doesn't have any mastery, I mean, I can still, there's some words I can pick out occasionally but i know i i can't i couldn't understand it um but mm-hmm. i just know from experience how tricky translating can be so mm-hmm. you, I, <laughs> I can't imagine the pressure of translating a head of state in real yeah, time not a, in a debate not
0: only a head of state but a head of state where it's like oh this guy he might kill me maybe if i do the wrong
1: thing hmm. oh yeah only but if you but probably not only if you're a russian like yeah he doesn't i don't think he really did he ever kill anyone not russian Blah, no he's not
0: he's not america yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know right Putin i only. mean he killed a lot of ukrainians for sure <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so that's they're true. not technically russian
1: yeah that's true even georgians. though they're all the same no he
0: killed a lot of georgians uh killed a lot of
1: afghanis no killed ukraine a lot of Syrians. is ukraine is distinct from russia
0: no, they are I'm'm I'm just joking because a Ukrainian would be very upset with me if they uh <laughs> if they yeah. found me conflating them with the Ruskies.
1: Uh yeah, I mean it's fuck, a distinction yeah, yeah. that's hard, kind of maybe hard for us to notice, but they're they're different their language is different it's very mm-hmm. it's like very you, can, you can, if you speak Russian you can understand Ukrainian but it, it, there are differences mm-hmm. Well,
0: Palestine's probably going going away soon. Well, I, I think I uh, hope not. Why would you say that? Well, I just think um so the strategy for Israel Palestine for like the evangelicals and the Zionists uh has essentially been a war of attrition. They can Israel is this gigantic fortress that's under a siege. But it has this endless ability to wait it out because it has the backing of all the Western powers. Whereas Palestine, it has the backing of you know the Middle East and you know I don't know maybe Cuba or somebody. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, it has no real money behind it, and it has no ability to sustain the siege against its own fortress. And you know uh, last year, uh, famously, the UAE signed up uh, a a scare quotes peace agreement with Israel. Uh, that basically said, yeah, we don't care about Palestine anymore. We're not going to back Palestine anymore, which is a signal to other Arab countries that it's okay. You know, we can get rid of our sort of we can get rid of a pan-Arab solidarity in favor of a capitalist future. And, you know, all it takes is for Saudi to go on that. And then or all of it take or Jordan or any of the supporting countries where Palestinians can effectively immigrate to or get. Uh, support from, uh, you know, once that goes, which is sooner rather than later, it's over for them. And Israel will have essentially won. And we're seeing that now. And it's kind of sad. It's really sad, actually. We're seeing a country and a people go extinct before our very eyes. And there's really not much we can do about it. We can raise awareness, but the the world at large has decided on this. They've decided they don't care enough about the dissolution of this nation before our very eyes to really say anything uh, against it. I mean, that's the big problem in the NDP is trying to get the NDP people to fucking acknowledge Palestine. And they don't because it scares all
1: the money away. Well, I don't know. It's you lose a war like that yeah that's it, you have little options i mean when it like when it comes down to it, it israel with the backing of the united states won the military conquests to take the land yeah. so the and Arab, continue to you know um we'll see maybe maybe iran will develop a nuclear weapons I mean yeah, let's hope iran develops if i mean if
0: Iran develops a nuke, but why would iran i mean Iran has never been the biggest supporter of Palestine either they don't have skin in the game
1: would it like, would, the, uh, would so it, would, it i guess the the genocide of an entire people is not a, a um would not justify the retaliatory use of a nuclear weapon.
0: Well, especially because Persians generally don't see a, a lot of solidarity with Arabs either, so there's yeah. not tons of there's not tons of you know pan Muslim solidarity. Um, Palestine is far more supported by a pan Arab coalition, and you know other sort of communist coalitions across the you know, scattered communist coalitions across the world. Yeah, but you know none with any real power. I
1: would not be so certain that the. Yeah, Israel would be able to extinguish the Palestinians without reprisal. At uh, I don't
0: well that they they aren't you aren't able to extinguish them all at once without reprisal. But you can definitely it's essentially gentrification, but military gentrification. Mm-hmm. It's it's like what happens in Bushwick. Eventually, you know, you just displace all the brown people by you know raising the rents and creating a police force that enforces the new high property rights you know the new expensive property rights so you do this very slow uh and less overt type of genocide you know comparing it to obviously it's a more extreme uh than the gentrification you see in brooklyn but it's virtually the same thing you know Muscling out to get your your property, to get your real, to get your free real estate.
1: Well, I the last big thing I remember happening was when they were Palestinians were having a protest and attacking a big fence, and then Israeli snipers were shooting them in the knees. Um, yeah, I think that was like a couple years ago. And mm-hmm. the attention around this issue ebbs and flows with. The size of the protests um, I haven't noticed or heard of any protests there recently. Have there been any going on? There's always one going on they're an oppressed
0: people they're always protesting. That's the thing is it's like um, you don't Israel's always doing war crimes against uh, Palestinians, but you don't really hear about it until they do a particularly egregious war crime. And even then the particularly egregious war crimes happen so frequently that they don't even make the news. So you only hear about the particularly, particularly egregious war crimes. And that becomes the weird cycle of Palestine, how, how you get just slowly inured to this cycle of violence as, as normal. And because it's so far away from where you live, you know, even like people, people in Israel say, oh, we experience violence every day. No, if you live in Haifa, you might as well be a million miles away from, you know, any of that poverty yeah i see a story uh, from
1: two two days ago israeli forces kill palestinian in west bank protest
0: no there you go
2: yeah. i
0: mean it's always happening it's always happening um and you just can't muster a coalition of north americans to care about it. it's not a politically actionable issue uh people aren't moved by the plight of these people for whatever reason because well one because they're muslims so you know uh, there's been this big hatred of Muslims and it, I, I mean, it's the weird Israeli homo nationalism which we also talk about where you say, ah, these people hate the gays so we can kill them. Hmm. You know, it gives you justification. You create this sort of toxic, uh, identity politic purity test where anyone that doesn't meet it is literally deserving of death. You know, uh like the US military the Israeli military practices a very significant version of cancel
1: culture. <laughs> right, I get yeah. I've seen that. Ah,
0: you said the homophobic comment. <laughs>
1: yeah. You get that with the 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 like the veterans who are also Democrats. They love yeah, they love like that. Charlotte Clymer. Yeah, they love uh they love to to um uphold values uh by by using by force of arms yeah
0: uh, uh well tammy duckworth by force of arm uh, <laughs> oh boy
1: you are oh, you're no. finished That's now advanced. you're never gonna make it i disavow 100 <laughs> disavow i disavow, I disavow. Um, hey you want me to say i disavow i disavow
0: OK, Tammy, Tammy Duckworth believes in pretty ghoulish stuff and uh, she lost her arm doing a bad thing. So I don't know.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's like, uh, yeah. Well, I don't know what she was doing. I don't. Uh, can't you're right. Say if it I was don't know or what bad. she was doing either. But I'm bad. I'm evil. There was you wanted to talk about the, the ghoulish politics of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez.
0: Oh, that was that was another thing that I had. I mean, speaking of. Uh, Some ghoulish Democrat foreign development stuff Just some weird stuff I learned about AOC this week So on Monday Mm -hmm. AOC uh, Did a special commendation uh, In the Congress saying that Today in Congress we acknowledge and Memorialize the Tibetan uprising And you know Which seems uncontroversial at first Because remember the 90's Remember Tibet Everyone was like free Tibet
1: Not me, not me um, (laughs) i have been i have been staunchly pro ccc or no p wait ccp Uh, i've been staunchly ccp ccp which one is it (laughs) pcp ccp ccp i've been ever since a young boy i've been anti-free tibet and pro occupation of taiwan uh so, mm-hmm. I'm red It's not red... called
0: Taiwan, it's just called China.
1: Oh, right.
2: <laughs> of oh, their second. You, are, you lose. Oh, no. You already lost. I, is that... Yeah,
0: but oh. it turns out so a lot of the sympathy for the Tibetan uprising was literally driven by the CIA. Like, the CIA uh, backed the Tibetan uprising as essentially an anti China op. What? Uh, <laughs> what, ab- what?
1: What about yep. all the stuff I saw on Nickelodeon?
0: <laughs> what about what there was free Tibet stuff on the? Yes,
1: constantly.
0: Oh my God! Well, Lisa Simpson, you know, uh, would always be on free Tibet. You know, uh, but free Lisa Simpson is a great mouthpiece for lib values because she's going to be Kamala Harris. She's she is Kamala.
1: Well, I guess I mean it. Um, that it's a romantic idea of a country wanting to have a revolution. um for their own freedom for democratic values because that's what america is about
0: yeah but yeah the idea of um yeah the the tibetan uprising being sort of this uncontroversial fight for a people's freedom is it turns out it's a lot more complicated and it's about uh, geopolitical jockeying for position uh with the cia backing it and wanting to thwart the the, yeah. the threat of the Reds. Man, I had so I had great instincts as a little kid. Yeah, you were you know your contrarian opinions right on the money. You know I, yeah. contrarianism most of the time is correct. Yeah, which is you know
1: it's just whoever argue against whoever is in power at the time. Yeah, but if you do it <laughs> if you if you do it at a granular level, it will destroy every relationship you. <laughs> 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 oh, like, man. Yeah, you can take it a little too far.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, don't be contrarian about whether you have to go to the store
1: or not. Yeah. I get halfway to the store and then I turn around every time. It's like I get halfway there and this contrarian switch is like, oh, new power dynamic. Now we're more than halfway to the store. That means I have to fight against the impulse to go in. And I can't go in. It renders me completely like in stasis. Eventually, Mm -hmm. just vibrating, just just the cells of my body contradicting what the cell next to it is doing. Just in a state Mm -hmm. of just
2: (laughs) yeah,
0: perfect stasis. Yeah. Um. (laughs) So. (laughs) Um. Yeah. AOC, the Tibetan uprising. What's weird about AOC is that her foreign policy bona fides are not there they're not bona fides she has no foreign policy bona fides in fact she's uh uniformly bad on foreign policy issues as we've seen her very first day in office she essentially abdicated issues regarding palestine and when i think people were accusing of like accusing elon omar of being uh of being anti-semitic for just saying you know bog standard anti-zionist arguments uh AOC didn't support Elon Omar. She was like, I think we have a lot to learn from APAC actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so that was a sign of things to come. But another thing, so the person who made me aware of this information was uh, Andre Demise. I, I don't know if that's how you say, you pronounce his name, but uh, Anthony at Andre Demise on Twitter. He's a great journalist, a great Canadian journalist. Uh, and uh So he pointed this out, that the Tibetan uprising was a CIA op. But also from this thread, I found out that AOC, in her Boston college days, I mean, not only did she major in international development, but she had an internship at the USAID, the big international development ghouls. You know, the the government organization cahoots with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and all of those development organizations.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well... That's, that's No, but those too... internships
0: are important. Those college especially for someone who gained as much power as AOC, you know, it shows where her um it shows where her sensibilities lie with regard to, you know, say international microloans or whether can she can be trusted to make good decisions about the IMF so you, at a federal you level. You think
1: she's an interventionist?
0: Um, I, I think I, the word that I would use is not interventionist but international development ghoul okay. like if it was intervention if intervention is good to me like um, it's that, it's that Sankara quote when he says you know what food aid is to these western countries is they give us a, like a block of wheat but what we consider food aid would be to be like permanent irrigation projects you know stuff like that but what international development and stuff like IMF does is they keep A third world country dependent on a consistent supply of aid so that if uh, they stop selling them cobalt so cheaply they can threaten to withdraw that aid. And it's all in cahoots with this uh, big corporate hegemon designed to extract the precious mineral resources of Africa and other countries uh, for very very cheap. So and it seems as if AOC is maybe i'd like to believe charitably unwittingly
1: part of this scheme yeah but uh i can be pretty charitable with those people i mean because they you know if you look at it if you try to look at it as kindly as possible it's that they're seeing something bad in another country and they're trying to fix it um as we know they when they try to fix it they can sometimes just end up give and be a um, End up giving money to the dictator that's causing the bad thing, and then it gets even worse. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: But also, they can sometimes help a little bit. Um, it's hard. Um,
0: I'm tr- I'm trying to think of like an example where. Okay, you know what actually is a great example of where international development contributed to the rebuilding of a country devastated by conflict was the American aid of Europe after World War yeah. II. Yeah, I
1: mean, I have another, <laughs> I mean, the, the Doctors Without Borders goes into the Congo and vaccinates people where there's no roads and its dense jungle. And I mean, sometimes yeah. it's like good.
0: I think Doctors Without Borders also has, like, if you're an NGO, you can't escape shady shit. But yeah, DW, Medicine Sans Frontières, they're usually seen as, like, the general example of a functioning charity. Or one that doesn't have as many of the horrifying compromises as something like the Susan G. Komen Foundation or something.
1: Yeah, I like Doctors Without Borders. I read a, I talked about this before on the show, I read a testimonial of a guy who... Went and vaccinated people in the Congo for like measles and stuff. He's saving lives. He was vaccinating like a thousand people a day. One, mm-hmm. one, one guy. <laughs> Impressive. Yeah. So, uh, w- hey, we need you. We need you back here, soldier. We got a vaccination <laughs> mission. While you were mm-hmm. gone, a whole pandemic erupted because of your absence. Your expertise in vaccinations <laughs> was so- sorely lacking. <clears throat> uh, soldiers, we need you back here. We need you now more than ever, needle dick.
0: Oh, I'll do my best with my needle dick. <laughs>
1: uh, oh boy, here I
0: go, Vaccinating oh, again. <laughs> yeah, I'm needle Dicking everybody. <laughs> uh, um, uh, two uh, Biden stories that I want to, uh, this week happened, uh, that I want to round out the episode on because they're very funny and both horribly indicative of the future to come. Uh, the first Biden story uh i'll go in chronological order because it's funny that it happened in this chronological order as well so first biden fired a bunch of white house staffers that had tested positive for marijuana
1: that's uh, different than what i heard they admitted okay, past, what did you they hear? admitted past use oh they only admitted past they didn't even test positive
0: for marijuana i
1: think they so. they didn't test them I think Okay, so they
0: only admitted past use. That's even weirder. I don't know. I mean, it's not weirder. Let but. me
1: look it up. We gotta get the facts okay. straight.
0: This is not a we're a, fake we're a news facts podcast. podcast. We're a news podcast. Yeah. Um, but uh, while Stephen is looking up the facts, the general gist of the story is a bunch of White House staffers got fired for past marijuana use. Uh, And of course, what everyone pointed out is that Kamala, you know, during her campaign famously admitted to smoking weed in college and listening to Tupac, even though she attended college before Tupac had released any music. (laughs) Tupac. (laughs) Oh yeah, I smoke weed and listen to Tupac. I'm cool. I don't send people to jail for weed. I smoked weed. Vice
1: President Harris, who's your favorite current rapper? (laughs)
0: <laughs> um pot. that would have to be that baby i really like that baby <laughs>
1: uh, um so no yeah it was past use It's npr says it was past use yeah only past so they
0: didn't even piss test him i, I it was just like i bet joe biden went up to them and was like hey jack you ever smoke that uh you know wacky tobacco legal in dc now you ever smoke that junk and the kids was like, "Yeah, I have a yeah, I go to that." And then they were blindsided. They were, F- "Jokes on you, Jack. <laughs> Jack! You can't trust you in your stoner ways." Oh man, a classic! You're going out where all the stoners go. Back into Robert Crumb Town. <laughs> I mean, is Robert Crumb the cartoonist? Yeah, I don't know why Joe Biden <laughs> would know that reference. It's like <laughs> the weird bunch like- of people showed me our Crumb once. Didn't care for it. Yeah. It was too sexual. Yeah, that's by. <laughs>
1: I didn't like the dicks. <laughs> didn't like it didn't like the detail on the penises. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah I, uh, I don't care about the Biden firings Fire- I I only care about the firing Biden
0: gate. firings because it's funny that it's an ideological firing. Yeah. Like uh yeah. it's like Trump would fire people for personal like for petty personal reasons. But this is like Biden being like, There's no room for goddamn layabout
1: stars in the Biden White House jacket. Uh, if you I don't know who's if you smoked marijuana, it means you've probably got some kind of crazy ideas. Maybe you're a pacifist or something. You probably a, some kind of weirdo pacifist.
0: Yeah. I don't know how anyone can look at, like, just have the example of Ted Nugent right in front of you and say that marijuana makes you a pacifist (laughs) or makes you. (laughs) All the soldiers in Vietnam. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 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 Man, I met a guy with a a necklace of ears who smoked a lot of weed. He was so chill because he smoked a lot of weed with his necklace of ears. (laughs) Uh, well, Well, what was the other Biden story? joe biden falling Ah. uh climbing up the stairs to air force one and tripping three times along the way showing his weakness and infirmity yeah he showed his whole ass he showed yeah it all fell
1: out and and then he started pooping (laughs) his pants fell down and he slipped on the poop (laughs) damn jack i slipped on my poop Yeah, got everywhere. Uh man. Hey, uh, he's moving but, too uh, fast. He, the problem was he's trying to run up those stairs like he's like 30 years younger than he actually is. Yeah. You can't run. This out. isn't this isn't Syracuse football, Jack. This is
0: just life. It's just life, Joe. Uh but what it also reminded me of is another famous presidential fall falling man uh, in Jerry Ford. Jerry Ford was also famous for falling down. Yeah uh being clumsy uh but um in many ways this got me thinking about how Joe Biden actually kind of is like Jerry Ford in in certain ways where he's just the ultimate placeholder uh where the nation has just experienced this very strange event that has affected fundamentally everyone's faith in the institution of democracy um, affected either positively in the case of like the activation of the alt-right people or negatively in the case of sort of like the truth breakdowns of the msnbc crowd so everyone is in search is in a frantic search of a new uh paradigm of democracy and with nixon that new paradigm came with reagan you know after years of uh, mm-hmm. after ford and then carter and um with biden sort of he even though he's not the vice president to Donald Trump he's very much you know part of this system which is trying to alleviate this past mistake you know trying to say N- we're still part of the system and it's okay don't worry it's nothing's falling uh, around the falling apart around us you know mm. I wonder if, like, we're going to get a 2024 president who's going to be essentially a Jimmy Carter. I wonder if, like, AOC will actually get in, but she's just going to, you know, wow. she's just going to have a crisis of confidence
1: speech. And she's, just, well,
0: we all need to tighten our belts. I and thought, we so, need to-
1: so I thought the AOC should, uh, I wish she could run for governor, is all I want to say. I don't think she can run York? for governor of New York. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she can, because I don't think she can swing having the appeal to the upstate people mm. um but that would be cool because uh cuomo apparently is calling them calling them mingle mamas you <laughs> <laughs> see that story this week no the cuomo story this week is that he was uh, he called uh, an aide and her friend uh, a couple of mingle mamas <laughs> uh-huh. oh man he that is, guy uh, he's gotta go but he doesn't want to go. He's got no place to go. Andrew Cuomo does not want to go, mo. <laughs> well, so the thing is, when he separated from his longtime girlfriend, she got the house. So he only has Whoa. he only has the governor's mansion, which he doesn't own. So if he stop, <laughs> he if he resigned, he would have no place to go. <laughs> So he can't I mean, resign. Stay. He literally cannot resign because then he would become homeless.
0: No, it's what? No, I mean, he would just stay at the plaza like Eloise and then, you know, get in trouble for putting lipstick on the mirror and, you know, <laughs> having tea cakes with his grandma. Uh,
1: yeah, he would go live at the Natural History Museum.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, I'm living under the hood of a fake Inuit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, I'm living like a caveman. He's in the caveman exhibits. Yeah. He's like, uh, Mr. Cuomo, can you please leave the caveman exhibit? It's uh, 7.30 and we're closing. But
0: why? <laughs> I thought you people loved me. Well, we allowed it at first, but you kept molesting the female figurine, the female caveman figurine. Yeah. And the children were
1: getting very uncomfortable. <laughs> Um, well, it's almost, the show's almost up, but I wanted to talk about Valheim real quick. Valheim, my favorite your, your video newest game. obsession. My favorite yes. video game right now is called Valheim. It's like Minecraft, but you're a Viking. And I've set up my own server for all my friends to come and play on it. So if you've got a computer, download Valheim. And then direct message me tell me you did it that's all it's
0: very fun it is very fun and steven uh, even though i don't play it i can uh
1: definitely vouch for steven go to his Valheim school. go uh go get uh you're gonna get a computer right i think the first episode of the show is me being like you gotta
2: get a computer <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah no it's never gonna happen come on it's never gonna happen just, it's gonna it'll be episode 1011 you know we'll be we'll just be penises
1: and jars but you podcasting could, but you could play so many cool video games and you can use a <laughs> controller uh i have my nintendo switch it
0: has all my baby games yeah on but it.
1: you said you wanted a ps4 for... Um,
0: I'm sorry, but gaming computers don't have baby games, and I only like baby games. They have so, baby uh, games? No, but not the baby games I like. I want my baby games. They have a lot of the baby games you like. I want Mario Baby Party and Legend of Baby Zelda. Okay, and they have emulators. <laughs> I want Baby Metroid. They have emulators. Um, <laughs>
1: uh, it's Baby Metroid. Forget it, kid. It's baby Metroid. Um, Alright, well, you're not seeing my logic and reason, so I guess I'll give up. <laughs> I'm seeing your baby logic and your baby reason with your baby okay. Valheim. Well, they have good-
0: it's, ba- it's the babification of all society, everything is baby now. I mean, Valheim's not baby. It's not for babies. <laughs> it's for big boys. They focus on- It's for big focus boys. on the-
2: <laughs>
0: Look, we focus too much in this society on the boss babies. Let's focus on the worker babies. <laughs>
2: Oh,
1: I was like, okay, the worker baby. I was, I thought you were gonna be like, boss, as in, slang. No, 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 no. no. Uh, we see,
0: you see between the boss babies and the worker babies, we see natural class conflict. In uh, boss babies, are there years. worker babies? Um, no. I mean, that's where the the sort of capital. I mean, all babies are implied to be workers. Um. Because I, I don't know the premise so of just, boss
1: baby. Just the boss is a baby, but all the workers are adults.
0: No, I think the the baby the if the cuteness is a resource and the babies need to uh, mine the cuteness. It's it's like a depletable resource. And they the boss baby is responsible for a sort of Keeping up the supply of cuteness in the world. I believe and they're in direct competition with the puppies over like the source of cuteness or it's not cuteness It's love. Oh, he's like, the boss the of, all, produce...
1: of all babies like worldwide. Yeah, he's the
0: boss of all babies And he's generating the love which is sort of like a currency. It's a unit of currency essentially in the baby world So okay. the babies are the workers. Yeah. but this sounds they're... exactly
1: like one of your video games
0: Yeah <laughs> It's exactly that's this is Dark Souls Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, but that's another thing. You are playing Dark Souls and From Software games on the worst
2: possible console. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I
0: like it that way. I like it when all Dark Souls games look like Superman 64.
1: You're probably like playing it in the sunlight, handheld, just like I can barely see what's going on. <laughs>
0: That's the only way to play, baby.
1: Like with the nice gaming computer, you can like get that shit hooked up.
0: You are correct, um, but because you are correct. Uh, I will be a contrarian and defy you. Okay,
1: but then you could also record the podcast like on, without having to use your phone. Sorry, folks, too much inside <laughs> baseball.
0: Okay, uh, <laughs> we love you. We talk, We got serious. This episode was a real bad episode. Uh, yeah, <laughs> those are bad. We hope episode. we brought you a real bad episode today.
1: Brought to you, we you by love you, Tums. <laughs>